And that commercial and that voice you heard, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell here on the microphone right now. Welcome to Warp and Wolf Radio, Comenius Institute-sponsored show every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 o'clock p.m., combining and weaving wisdom and knowledge up in here. Dr. Mark Echo, what is up, <laughs> my brother? Oh, man, it's been a great week. We're looking forward to the show today. Got some uh, got some woodwork up in here. I need to take a picture of this, oh, don't you Oh, we can really think? put it out there. Yeah. Yes, we are. This yeah. is phenomenal, um, and it combines and blends itself well with the show that we have today um, on, on Warp and Wolf Radio. Dr. Mark, first introduce Comenius Institute, and then tell them who we're going to have on today. Sure. So Comenius, John Amos Comenius, the famous Moravian pastor from the 16th century, who believed that women should be educated and that everybody should be educated in the way they best learn, uh, is still considered today to be the father of modern education. And we've named our institute after him because of the emphasis on education that we have, bridging high school young people coming into public university at IUPUI, uh, maintaining a Christian view of life and things as we talk with them every week. And this week on the radio show, Warp and Woof Radio, we have some special guests from Purposeful Design, a great organization that's helping men uh, using their skills of woodworking to create wonderful pieces of furniture, and they are actually uh, furnishing huge buildings. We'll talk more about that. And today's episode will be about the gift of help. When we come back, we're going to go and explore uh, some of the ways that Proverbs is talking about how you, yourself, can be a gift to this community we live in. We'll be right back. You're listening to Warping Wolf Radio on Cool Groove Radio at RadioNext.tv. Oh, yeah. This guy can talk. Well, I've been talking since I was 11. <laughs> as soon as somebody put a microphone in front of my face, I've been talking. So anyway, I was, I was involved in this contest, and we were traveling uh, various places to uh, participate in this. Well, at one juncture, my, my father made uh, this chess set for us, uh, for me, and it really is a keepsake. I mean, it's uh, 40 years old uh, now. And it really is something that obviously we want to pass on uh, to our kids, to the next generation, because it is actually handmade. It's, but what's really fascinating about it, and the full story is, when I was 12, year, 12 years of age, uh, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was logging 7,000 board feet of black cherry off land uh, that we owned uh, with my father when I was 12. That means when you're logging, that means that you're actually cutting down the tree all the way to airing out the lumber before you begin to plane it and saw it and all the rest and create something out of it. Well, it's really fascinating. Uh, if you get a chance to look at this uh, piece online, uh, I'll, we'll put it up later again as well. But it is really quite something, and it's, uh, it's a testimony not only to that time of my life, uh, but to that uh, particular uh, event where we were actually doing the work, and now we get to see in front of us the result of that work, all of that hard labor of actually cutting trees down. And, and that, you know, and, and keepsake means that it has something uh, attached to it more than yeah. a chess set. That's right. You know, there's a reason behind it and all that, and I loved what you said earlier about, you know, some of the things about, you know, he wasn't the best man all the time, but mm -hmm. love is... Uh, Love is in the in the creativity and the, yeah, it, the it time and the effort that he showed. So I guess right. in some kind of way we have to take what we can get. There it uh, is. But let's get into it, man. Sure. Uh, last week we discussed people needing help finding homes. You know, dealing with the homeless issue, yeah. uh, homelessness issue here That's in the right. city of Indianapolis. And this week we're going to focus on jobs. And so, how does the Bible help us deal with basic 
daily problems of real people. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, this is something that really kind of sticks in my craw sometimes with folks. You know, they get a sense that, you know, this Bible is an old book. You know, it's just a bunch of dictates and laws and regulations. No, man, you haven't read the book. The book is principles, and principles help us not only with the ideals that God has established and the biggest issue, obviously, is our sinfulness and the need for salvation. But the Bible deals with both the ideal and the real. Principles are there throughout Scripture. Uh, There's rarely a one-for-one correspondence between biblical statements and applications. But, man, the principles are clear. So I'm just going to give a few examples of this. I was giving a multitasking assignment to a group of uh, MA students, master's students, and there was a brother there who runs a tech company. And after doing research on multitasking and all of the, th- the negatives that go along with multitasking, he literally said in class, on Monday, I have just told my secretary we are calling a meeting at 8 a.m. to rediscuss the issue of multitasking. So when we're talking about principles from Scripture, does it apply to days, uh, the things that we're dealing with today? Absolutely it does. Another example would be uh, Augustine's Confessions this last week. Uh, We were dealing with this in a class that I teach on world literature, and the students, uh, I think, were really fascinated by the fact that uh, Augustine had this mother, Monica, who was praying for him, and uh, they kept talking about how important mothers were. I thought that was really cool. And then one more. uh, This is from uh, Saipan, uh, the island of Saipan in the Pacific. I have a student there from uh, back in the day. Her name is Tamiko. And Tamika, if you're listening or later on the podcast, you wrote to me last week talking about the content that I've been writing uh, for various curriculum uh, groups that I do. And uh, you said that this content was spirit-led, but that the resources that were immediately helpful in the classroom. So here it is, HB. I believe ideal and real go together. We're helping real people do real stuff in real time with the real principles that come out of Scripture. And the key word in there is people. And yep. I was sitting up thinking about this as we're looking at the next question. Because, yep. <laughs> yep. you know, um, animals seem to have this thing licked. Uh, mm-hmm. The birds and bees do too. Mm-hmm. Working as industry. Proverbs speaks the importance of working as industry, and why does the Bible use the term industry? Because as we mentioned, you mentioned it several times, talking about the wolverine, talking about Mm -hmm. uh, the ants, talking about just these different creatures that supposedly are below us. That's right. But they find a way to do work together well, making sure that the highest to the lowest of the chain is fed, making sure they are part of it. So. What does the Bible say about working as industry? You know, and why do we use that? I'm really glad you brought up the animal uh, issue because the animals are, are always teaching us, and God uses his uh, uh, the emphasis of the created world to tell his creatures, that is us, hey, man, if, if the created world operates this way, then you all ought to operate this way as well. The word industry is an interesting word. It's got ancient origins, as you might imagine. It literally means uh, cleverness or skill, but the meaning of the word has expanded uh, to things like diligence and activity and zeal and that you're supposed to build from something. And so there's this idea of habitual diligence in building. Well, let me go to the Proverbs and just give three Proverbs as examples. Proverbs 10.4 uh, distinguishes between negligent The negligent hand and the diligent hand. Check this out. Uh, Diligent literally means uh, something sharp or pointed like a thresher that was used in the ancient Near Eastern world. And the metaphor here seems uh, means that sharp is in the concept of keen or skillful or efficient, giving your best effort. 
So Proverbs 10.4 distinguishes between the negligent and the diligent hand. Proverbs 12.11, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who per, uh, uh, pursues vain things lacks sense. So the long-term versus the short-term. The building of wealth, there's that word industry, versus the get-rich-quick scheme. And a word you love, Mage B, the grinder versus the racketeer, man. <laughs> if people didn't know that when something from the Bible, I'd tell them I'm all the telling time. I'm telling you, man. there it is. This HB is, is in the Bible. This is real scripture, man. <laughs> Grinding right. is true and real. And uh, if you don't have that in your repertoire, I suggest you go find something. And so there it is. You know, labor means industry, which means building this diligence, this habit forming toward labor. And we're going to be talking with guys that do this every day. Yeah, and with that being said, before they come in, how should Christians be invested in helping the jobless in this city and and I guess why yeah I mean seriously man what do we always say on this program Uh, the most important aspect of helping people uh, which would include folks like returning citizens veterans the destitute folks who might use the phrase down in their luck what are we always saying redemption through the work of Jesus number one and housing and jobs numbers two and three these are huge issues for everybody we need to go back to the mission of this program which is to do good Titus 3 says over and over again do good do good do good and here's what I'm gonna say to the church the church needs to teach this and the church I don't think is doing a good job of teaching the concept of helping other people Here's a couple of uh, passages. This is from the book of Thessalonians, uh, first and second. Uh, actually, Paul was talking to the Thessalonians, and he said that you need to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own business, to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you might walk properly before those who are not Christians. And then he goes on in the second book to say, uh, if you don't work, you don't eat. For there's some among you who walk in idleness, and they're not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage to do your work quietly and earn your own living. Wow, talk about throwing it down. We need to take a break on that one because there are a lot of talkers and a lot of murmurers, and we need to find out who the difference makers are out here in our community. We're going to find out who they are coming in at the 11 o'clock hour, but today we're talking about in the workplace. Yeah. How are we going to do it? You That's are listening right. to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. RadioNext.tv. We are back. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, Warp and Wolf Radio. And uh, really getting into deep uh, today, Dr. Mark, on, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the gift of help. You know, and it's, it's an amazing topic because too many times, uh, and here's what I find out a lot in people who help. Um, even if the intention might seem good, if it's not from the heart and if it's not true charity, that's right. Then you're almost better not, you know, giving the help that you're saying that you want to give because uh, charity has no reward. Charity mm-hmm. has no um, uh, no platform, right? So to speak. I mean, it, it should just be done from the goodness of your heart and from the from the confines of the ways that you can do it. Um, so, with that being said, you know, we have to get our Christian community engaged, and the gift of help is not much emphasizing the church any longer, Mark. And uh, what does it mean, and uh, why does it matter? Yeah. So uh, let me go back to something you just said, which I think really deserves a little bit more airtime here, and that is we really, uh, as individuals, need to ask ourselves a question. When we're getting ready to help somebody, is our first thought them or us? Is it what... They, we can do for them or what we're going to get out of it. 
is it how they're going to feel when it's all finished or how do I feel about myself? Really, the Christian life, honestly, can be broken down to basically one word, and that is as Christian servants and so on. And the one word is others. Uh, We really need to focus on the emphasis of what does it mean to give to other people, and that really is is a huge issue for us. So when we talk about the issue of the church, uh, I think one of the things that's uh, important for us to emphasize is why it's important to build good work habits, for instance. So when we talk about this idea of current events and how do we deal with this, let me just give you a couple of other passages here from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 14.23 says that in all labor there's profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. So you got the dreamers versus the doers here. All labor has profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. So if you're just a talker, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Proverbs 28.19 says, He who tills his land will have plenty of food, but he who uh, follows empty pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Notice this. You have a difference there between plenty of food and plenty of poverty. I don't know if you can get any clearer HB than that. that I say it all the time. I say it all the time, Mark. Uh, you could, you've got a thousand people over here hungry, mm-hmm. and then you'll have an organization over here that says, "I have a free buffet," mm-hmm. and they won't let the hungry people know. Here's the free buffet. Yeah, I, I don't understand it, yeah. and, and we do that in our community all the time. So, what examples from churches can we give that shows Christians helping others? Yeah, I think it's important to talk about the issue of of. Uh, role models and the kinds of things that uh, folks can do. And I think here's where, here's where we can talk about uh, the kinds of examples that you bring into this program. So you've uh, brought some folks in. Just this last Saturday, for instance, you had a group in here called uh, Safe Families for Children uh, do- doing some really great work of placing uh, folks in church uh, sit- settings and situations uh, where they can actually keep families together. So why don't you just uh, give us a little bit of a lowdown on some of the other folks, some of the other Christian folks that are in here that uh, that you see are doing good work in the community this way, helping others. Several different organizations, Mark, that I can think of right now. New Directions Church with uh, Pastor Ken Sullivan, Jr. Uh, does an excellent job, I think, of uh, uh, building a church family within uh, that millennial age group, uh, those uh, centennials, as they like to call them <laughs> now, and, you know, the, the youngsters below 17 and 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing and what I'm watching is him engaging and giving authority, and you speak on power mm-hmm. and authority all the time. And he is actually giving them uh, an open-handed uh, mm-hmm. a gift of wisdom and knowledge and then letting them create around what they think and what they feel and what they know. Um, if it gets out of whack, then you can impart the wisdom. But I, I watch him doing that with the youth. Name um, of that church again? That is New Direction Church. Pastor Ken Sullivan, Jr. doing some excellent things. I'm watching Pastor James Jackson over at Fervent Prayer, who is really working uh, uh, very diligently with the mayor's office and creating employment opportunities. As a matter of fact, his church, Fervent Prayer, is going to be one of the churches that is helping to give the 2,000 jobs out this summer that the mayor's office was talking about. And he has been doing work-ready programs and job assistance uh, for the young people for, I mean, 15, 20 years, and now he's working with the mayor, and then one act like all of a sudden here comes Pastor James Jackson helping youth with jobs, but he's been doing this for years. And, uh, you know, programs like that through the church, 
Uh, I told you the Safe Families was in here today. Jen Harris and what they're trying to do with Safe Families for Children is to make sure that the children don't get lost in the court system. Uh, many times, you know, all these systems and agencies, they, they have a good idea and a good intention. Truth of the matter is once you get caught inside a system, uh, getting out of that system is oh, difficult. No. So uh, what they're doing at Safe Families First is actually, or Safe Families for Children, is partnering up with different churches and communities, and they specifically are looking for African-American-based churches right now to be uh, uh, agents to help keep some of these children, whether it be 90 days, whether it be six months at a time, while either court proceedings or someone is going to try to get uh, some addiction counseling, uh, marriage counseling, whatever it might be that destroyed that family. Mm. So these are just a few of the agencies that are faith-based that are doing some great work um, uh, trying to make sure that we can keep family engaged and family involved while we're working out. What are we going to do yeah, in, exactly. in, in this community? That's great. I, I think everybody needs to uh, be aware of churches uh, like this. So uh, just one more time, I'll mention uh, New Direction Church uh, is one of those places that's doing some really great work uh, engaging folks uh, between the ideal and the real. And then uh, we've got New Direction Church here in Indianapolis who's going to be partnering with the city and making sure that those uh, jobs that the, uh, the mayor's office is going to be uh, emphasizing this summer are going to get into the hands of folks who really need it. So this is a real a positive thing, HB, in terms of the help issue. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this, uh, the work habits bit and uh, emphasize, emphasize some of those things. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've been in all over the board, man, and we're in here laughing because I'm all over the daggone chart and the question asking. But I'm excited because we're going to have some great guests in today talking about just this very fact. Uh, but, you know, why is it important, though, to, to build good work habits, you know, as it is to build good works for people? You know, honestly, you know, here's, here's where I need uh, you again to emphasize this, because you and I talk about this all the time, and I've heard you say this so many times uh, on and off air. Uh, you say things like, if a brother's never been taught or shown how or given a p good person to pattern his life after, then how can we expect that individual to actually have good work habits? Absolutely. Um, and, and it's so important that we are in on the building stages. Uh, as I mentioned with uh, Pastor Sullivan over at New Direction Church, you give a guide, you give a baseline, you give uh, some instruction yeah. and say, here's how you build this. Right. And then when you see someone going astray and off of the, 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 the course of the design, you come in and you offer some wisdom. And not only do you impart wisdom, I think you explain why. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, now imparting this certain wisdom and what could go wrong if you did not step in. And, and here's where I think the, the person who's seeing this take place, or maybe the person isn't following through or they don't have good work habits or whatever, you know, instead of us getting upset by the fact that somebody isn't following through or they don't have good work habits, we have to stop and ask ourselves a question, where'd they come from? What kind of family do they come from? What kind of background, environment? All those kinds of things matter. You know, and before we go to the break, we're going to talk about role models. Yeah. You know, and how important it is to have good role models working in the community to build work habits. Because the worst thing that you can have is a talker yeah. who is not versed in the work that they're talking about and just, sure. just doing the yapping. 
They have never done anything to produce results of anything. Right. But then they're trying to be a role model. Talk about the danger of that and then talk about the importance of having good, solid role models in our community. Sure. Yeah, I think you said it well, HB. I mean, you know, you, you got talkers and then you got doers, and the difference between them kind of speaks for itself. Um, but let me give you some examples of some really great people, and, and I'm going to list a whole bunch of folks that we've had on the show. Uh, and But I want to start with two that we haven't had on the sh- show yet, and I really would love to get them in here. Um, I want to just mention the fact that there are many Christians who are working in and for their communities throughout Indianapolis. And these Christian folk are not uh, people that are, you know, praying uh, at their desk or holding Bible studies at their desk or uh, preaching at their desk. None of that stuff. What they're doing is they're just doing what the gospel tells us to do, and that is to do good. So two people I want to mention before I I mention a raft of folks we've had in the show. Uh, Ben Worrell, a good friend of mine, Ben Worrell, uh, lives over in the Lebanon area, uh, northwest corner of Indianapolis. And Ben works for Boone County Economic Development Corporation. That's Boone County Economic Development Corporation. And if you check him out or check out Boone County Economic Development Corporation, you'll see some great work that's going on with those folks over there, that uh, they're reaching out to people that are doing good in their community. But Ben is a great Christian man. I love him. He's a brother. Uh, Fantastic things he's doing. Then I want to mention Tiffany (coughs) Hatfield, who works for the Y. She is director of the Foundation of and Corporate Giving, the director of Foundation and Corporate Giving. And Tiffany and, and Robin and I were actually just in an event uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, on Good Friday service. Uh, the Y put on this great uh, program. There were a thousand plus people there. Uh, we heard heard from the mayor, heard from others. But Tiffany does really great work uh, in that she brings in money to the Y, which is helping people in the community. Uh, She is a lovely sister in the Lord and really grateful for her work at the Y. And here's just a rundown of some of the folks uh, in terms of role models and folks who are doers. Uh, Here they are. Carmen Howell, uh, we had her uh, in on the radio show. She talked about English as a second language. Joanna Taft, of course, uh, Harrison Center for the Arts. uh, They will be back in. Joanna will be back in the summer, actually, pinch hitting for me uh, once in June. Leon and Dawn, a couple of great folks who do uh, the Food for Souls program here in Indy. Wendy Cooper, uh, Wendy Cooper, lovely woman who's been on the show a couple of times, Indy Housing. Joel and Rob Walsman from Needhammer Building, who just, by the way, HB, had NPR in their building last Whoa. week, man. Check it out. They're, they're going to move. Uh, Dontanya Batts, of course, emphasis on justice, wonderful work she does. Rick Alvis and Dennis Abrams from Wheeler. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Here are good doers of doing good. Absolutely. And what we're going to do is take one last break in this first segment since I butchered up the script. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay because we're still getting this message out here. Uh, But we're going to come back um, before we introduce our great guest today. And we're going to find out, you know, really how the church can be more involved and contribute more in in the uh, spirit of giving and spirit of help, uh, not only uh, from the physical, but from the mental. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site. And we are back. You are listening to RadioNext.tv on the Cool Groove site. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, wrapping up the first hour of... Uh, you know, what it means to uh, give the gift of help inside yeah. your church community um, and in your neighborhood as well. Uh, Dr. Marcus, we wrap up. We've got the men from Purposeful Design mm-hmm. in the house right now. Cannot wait to hear um, how they're saving lives through uh, 
uh, building furniture yeah. and building lives at the that's same it. time, you know, mixing that's and it. matching. And that's what we're going to be doing here in the second hour. But as we close down the first hour, we always talk about, you know, connecting and Christians being engaged and, 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 you know, connecting and their community, Mark. Um, the gift of help is not much emphasized in the church. So, you know, I asked this question in the in the last segment, but but give me some more of that before we get to your heart and soul of all of this. What kind of movies <laughs> With can the movies, we look yeah. at? <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, actually the word help uh, in Scripture, in, in Greek at least, in the New Testament, uh, deals with the issue of serve or service. So you find this in places like Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, that kind of thing. And the idea of the person who serves or helps uh, is somebody who works behind the scenes. They literally are taking the responsibility off the shoulders of other people so that they can go and do whatever work they're doing. Uh, folks who have the gift of help are humble. Uh, they sacrifice time and energy to do whatever it is that they do. And uh, they have this ability and this is, a, I think, a crucial idea behind the person who has the gift of helps, to see what others need before they see it themselves, to see what others need before they see it themselves. There's an attention to detail that person with helps has. They're very loyal people, and they always go above and beyond everything. So they'll give you not their, just their best effort, but they're going to take it to the next level. And we talk about it all the time, how that can be your blessing and your curse. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes it is. <laughs> it, sometimes it is. Uh, last question before we meet our guests. Um, movies. Yep. You know, you are the man, and, and you love to tell stories through movies. Uh, give some examples of some movies that emphasize work and help. Tell us what movies could uh, be made that would encourage people to do good works sure. through helping others. I would say, just to give you a short couple here, uh, there's a really great movie about a horse whisperer, and the title of the movie is Buck, B-U-C-K. Really great story. I highly recommend it. Uh, and then there's the Institute for Faith, Work, and Economics. That's the Institute for Faith, Work, and Economics. They do some really great short videos on work. Uh, really fine uh, material there, the Institute for Faith, Work, and Economics. But I want to give just four quick uh, statements here. You, you asked me the question, how, would, uh, how should movies encourage people to do good through helping others? Here's a, just a few of ideas that I've got. Uh, number one, I'd like to see a series of movies on various vocations. And actually, that's what we're trying to do on this show. You know, we're bringing in different folks who are doing different kinds of things. So, for instance, I would love to see a movie on nurses you know, and how important nursing is. Or how about a movie on truck drivers? Your brother's a truck driver. Yes, Check it is. out. Farming. How about a movie on farming or accounting or whatever? Pick a subject, doesn't matter. And I'm talking about more than just documentaries and beyond the Hallmark Channel or whatever else. I'm talking about how do we, uh, how do we view nurses or farmers or accountants, whoever does the, these things. Here's a second one, work habits. And I'm talking more than HGTV here, okay? I'm talking about movies that celebrate hard work, diligence, commitment to a task over and over, over years. That's important, I think, work habits. A third idea would be good business people doing good for their people. You know, when we watch movies, HB, we so often see the business person being the bad guy. And I would say that there's probably 50% 
of all of the nastiness that goes on, let's say, for instance, if you got a movie that, you know, something's going bad, something's going wrong, it's always the business person who's the bad person in this. I would love to see movies based on good business people doing good things for their folks. And the fourth idea is, where does all, these, all this come from? I want to see a movie where so, somebody says, you know what, these work principles, they're really important, but, but, you know, it seems like they're coming from outside the human race, outside the community, outside the individual. Maybe heaven's got something to do with this. What do you think? I think absolutely so, and uh, heaven has a lot to do with purposeful design. So we're going to meet Dan Mays, Jesse Slaw, and Ben Six after we come back from the break. You are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Group site. We're listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. This is Warp and Wolf Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon, and we are thrilled today to have a great group of men here with us. They work with a uh, fine, fine Indianapolis organization that does exactly what we were discussing in the first hour, and that is to help people. And uh, this organization is called Purposeful Design, and this group uh, actually builds furniture in order to rebuild lives. Man, I love that mission statement. Mm -hmm. So uh, just to kind of uh, jump in here, we've got three guys sitting around the table with us, uh, Jesse and Dan and Vince, and uh, we're just going to let that flow however they want to jump in on this. But you guys, just tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, maybe how uh, you're connected to Purposeful Design. Just take it away. I'll start. Thank you, Dr. Eckel, for having us here today. It's a delight to see what you do and your... Uh, worker there HB you guys are the greatest mm -hmm. and thank you for letting us tell a little bit of our story we do represent purposeful design mm -hmm. and we've been in operation for a little over three years uh, back in 2013 late in the year mm -hmm. our founder and director David Palmer had this vision to provide a work opportunity for men who we're coming out of uh, rehab situations, mostly through Wheeler Mission, okay. and needed opportunities for work. And in 2014, early in the year, we acquired uh, a vacant church building, renovated it, turned it into a wood, wood shop, and mm -hmm. we've been going and growing so fast, mm -hmm. and it's been good for us. Uh, also, we sense God's blessing in all of this so thanks for letting us be here to talk about it today. oh absolutely yeah so jesse vince whoever wants to jump in here y'all talk about uh where you're from what you how this uh, how you're connected to purposeful design and yeah just take it away okay well you want to go first i'll go first all right this is vince um living raised in indianapolis indiana i'm a hoosier um 465 is all I know. That's my life story. Grew up off of Pulse, grew up off of 42nd, grew up off of Arlington. Wherever you name it on the east side, I've probably been, you know, that's, those are circles I used to run. Went to all Warren Township schools. Um, I met the Lord um, when I was 18. Um, I had actually known him for quite some time. Um, but, you know, at, the, at that time, he really wasn't, um, you know, somebody who I was trying to uh, search or continue mm -hmm. to have a relationship with. So, I graduated from Warren Central, you know, still doing, you know, half street life. I, I did go to church, um, but um, still, you know, ultimately the Lord led me back to him. So uh, skip past a couple of years. I'm 21. I got a relationship uh, with the mother, too. Uh, we now have a baby. And um, the Lord ministered to me at a time. You know, he said, you need to give your life to me. So skip past a couple of years we're married now and um we're at purposeful design i had actually known david uh 
at least a year prior to working at Purposeful Design. He initially started and um, uh, as as part time work, and then he had an employee revamp. So I'm just uh, I was lucky or blessed enough to uh, actually come into the revamp of Purposeful Design. Been working there for about uh, going on three years now, two to three years now, and I'm the finisher. So I basically make everything pretty in there. Um, I'm the youngest guy in there, so I'm the little brother. And they poke fun at me. They let me know. Make sure I get it. Uh, I still make plenty of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, got a lot of pressure on top of me. But, you know, the, the, the most important thing I've been learning at Purposeful Design from all the guys, all my brothers, is, is, is not only what do I do in failure, but taking advantage of the fellowship and the brotherhood that's there when I do fail. Because I do fail, you know. Sometimes I have to take a step back just last week um i had to come before the group and just admit to some things that was going on to my life and that's something totally different from any other work atmosphere that mm. i've ever been in so it's just a blessing man i'm lucky to be a part of it man mm. oh, that's great that's a that's a great testimony and uh you know skipping past years and whatever what what always fascinates me about this is that we serve a god of the second chance the third absolutely. chance the hundredth chance absolutely and that is what we're all about absolutely jesse uh, jump in man tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to purposeful design sure uh my name is jesse slaw i grew up in utah yeah. and uh i lived out there almost my whole life uh passing through state by state hitchhiking whatever uh just doing what i wanted to do which was a bad idea in the long run mm. uh I'm an a- I was an addict. I was an alcoholic. I am no longer. I don't have those intentions. I don't mm-hmm. have those urges. I mm-hmm. don't want those urges mm-hmm. or intentions back in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came out here for all the wrong reasons and ended up in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent a few months in prison. When I got out, I had nowhere to go, so I ended up mm-hmm. at Wheeler Mission. And that's actually where I met Dave Palmer, who's our who's the owner of the company, and the ideas that he has are amazing. Um, but uh, I was invited to come and work with Purposeful Design, mm-hmm. and it became one of the biggest blessings of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my life now, like I said, is I know I am no longer an addict. I'm no mm-hmm. longer an alcoholic, but I am a father now. Oh. I am a husband now. Nice. Uh, my life is good, and it's moving mm-hmm. forward, and mm-hmm. I owe a lot of that to Purposeful Design, but I owe all of it to God. Amen. You know, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, like, he has proved everything to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, I fell short so many times, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I ask him for forgiveness daily, Yeah, yeah. and uh, I try my hardest to repent for everything, mm-hmm. and there's certain things that I can't repent for, because mm-hmm. I want to keep doing them, but mm-hmm. the, at the same time, like I said, I... I'm a sinner. You right, know, I mean, right, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Join, join the rest of us. <laughs> so, but uh, like I said, I've got an amazing son. He's going to be two years old soon, and my yeah. wife is very loving mm. and understands a lot and has mm. learned to live with me. And <laughs> that's great. So, well, congratulations, uh, you know, on, on your son and uh, your family. That's a wonderful testimony. Yeah. And uh, just going back to what I said before, the God of the second, third, and hundredth chance, you know. Right. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things I tell students sometimes is, you know, uh, when they ask me, how, well, how do I really know that I'm a Christian? I said, mm. well, the internal witness of the Spirit, if you are constantly uh, repentant of sin, mm-hmm. that is a good indication yeah. that, that you might actually mm-hmm. be a believer, you know. I think that's really powerful and important. Absolutely. Well, let's take this a little bit further and let's kind of expand out 
about what purposeful design is and does. Mm -hmm. So jump in with that. What is this organization? And uh, tell us a little about, a bit about some of the projects you've got going on. Yeah, absolutely. I always enjoy listening to Jesse's testimony. Mm -hmm. And when I hear him, it reminds me of what the scriptures talks about. He who is forgiven much loves much. Mm -hmm. And Jesse is, uh, I think, uh, who, whoever pinned to that uh, was appreciating people like Jesse. Mm -hmm. And he has been such a vital part of us. And what I think the, uh, the main purpose of purposeful design mm -hmm. is when David Palmer was getting involved with some of these men through Wheeler Mission and through Hebron, which is an extended program down in Martinsville, Indiana, he was, as some of these men like Jesse and Vince, as they came out of addictions, they got their feet back on the ground, if they didn't have something positive to go to, they didn't have a workplace to go to daily, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're going to slip back into the same problems. Right, In fact, we're all, uh, especially men, are made the same way. We need to wake up each morning with something to do. Uh, to yep. do. That's right. We need to be workers. Uh, In fact, as we all know in the scriptures, in Genesis, when God made Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden, mm -hmm. a perfect situation, before the fall, he was mandated to work, to tend the garden, mm -hmm. to have dominion over, and mm -hmm. to subdue mm -hmm. things. That's right. That is uh, work. It wasn't quite as difficult for him as it is for us now because of the curse. So that's why we are doing what we, we do is Dave Palmer had the vision, and mm -hmm. I joined up with him uh, in the beginning, to provide an opportunity mm -hmm. for some of these men who wanted some, they wanted their lives back together. Absolutely. And, and to give them a place to go to and start learning a skill, mm -hmm. making a decent wage, mm -hmm. and getting them off the streets, basically. Yeah. And good habits of life, all of Absolutely. those things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that yes. matters. Simple too. habits like uh, being prompt yeah. to, to work. I mean, that we almost take that for granted in the workplace, but... No, it's 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 a discipline that has to be learned. Has yeah. to be developed. So t let's just uh, take a minute to talk about that, uh, Vince and Jesse. Why don't you each take a shot at this? Okay. Uh, what are some of the the work habits that uh, you found uh, to be important for you? Uh, to be something that you've wanted to develop a little bit more. How would okay. you How would you answer that question? Well, I know this is kind of a cliche, but cleanliness. You know, they say cleanliness is next to godliness. All right. Okay, so in order for me to do my job and do my job right, my area has to be clean. And sometimes that's not always easy because I got the wood shop guys coming in and out. I got dust, you know, I got a sand and there's dust and then there's particles in the air. And so I, I, I kind of have to have a certain type of uh, setting in order for me to spray finish and spray varnish. But that's most important for me as much as I can control to clean up, man. I All mean, right. anywhere in the shop, the more I clean up, the more... I put in the effort to keep things clean, the better it is for, for my work environment so I don't have to deal with debris and things like that. And plus, I'm also helping out the guys when I'm not spraying. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's almost habit that I go out there and I clean up. The first mm. thing I do before I ask for directions, I can always find something to clean. Uh, my granddad <laughs> told me the best, you know, if you're working, you can always find you a mop. So find you a mop. <laughs> if you ain't got nothing to do, you always find you a mop. So uh, try to keep best to that. I, now, I'm not the best cleaner in the shop. I won't say that. But I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where I knock that guy off and become the best cleaner in the shop. So <laughs> shout out to my guy, Vince Mater. What's up, bro? I love you. <laughs> there you go. 
So, Jesse, tell us a little bit from your vantage point, uh, habits that are important to you in the workplace. Uh, the main thing that I work on is quality. Okay. That's mm-hmm. that's my main thing is, like, I always want to make sure that before it goes into the spray room that there's little to nothing that he has to do except mm-hmm. for throw a hose on it. Mm-hmm. Uh that's my that's but that's also my downfall because I take time and time and time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, so there is some projects that get held back because of what because of that yeah. but I'm sure. working on that as well and yeah. um, but also like he was mentioning cleanly cleaning mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of sawdust if you come in yeah. there walking around there's a possibility of slips trips and falls yeah, so right. it's it's a safety factor at the same time and, mm-hmm. sure. uh, so we need to deal with that and uh, but. So it sounds like, uh, you know, we, we go back to that famous line from uh, down south, get her done, yes. but then you need to yeah. get her done well. So it right. sounds like right. that's uh, yeah. that's an important aspect as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, and the name Purposeful Design, you know, it's a, it's a great name, but it's actually what we try to instill in everybody around there. When you do something, do it with a purpose, man. Don't mm. just do it because you're getting a check. Do it because ultimately we serve a greater God. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just all good all around. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we are going to spend about 25 minutes with these guys uh, hacking away at some of these great questions we've got for them and uh, the directions that they're going to go in the future. You're listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Warp and Woof Radio, we'll be right back. We are back. RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And this week, we have a great group of folks in purposeful design from downtown Indianapolis who are creating really great uh, hardwood tables and desks and all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, this is Jesse and Dan and Vince are in the studio with us here today. Uh, I want to go back to your mission statement uh, and just highlight that again for folks uh, just coming in here on the second half of our show, uh, the second half of our interview. Your mission, which pops up immediately on your website, and by the way, I should I should mention the website before I go any further. It's pdindy.com. That's purposefuldesignindy.com, uh, pdindy.com. So if you want to check that out, folks, uh, either listening live or on the bo- uh, podcast later on. But here's my question. Uh, building furniture to rebuild lives is a great mission. How does this mission daily impact your lives? Take it away. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I've, I've came in a couple times um, with an attitude. Um, it's, it's very difficult to have a bad attitude in the shop. Let me just tell you, um, if you don't got a guy who's, who's in loving coming to you and saying, hey, Vince, you know what's going on? I mean, it will get addressed. It's like, hey, Vince, man, I noticed that, you know, your attitude is, 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 not, is not up to par. You know, I just, uh, it, it feels like you got a negative air about yourself. You know, you want to talk about it, you know? Um, I mean, you, then you got the 10 o'clock prayer, you know, it's, it's, it's again, for me, it's difficult to have a, a bad attitude coming before the Lord. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things, man. And I'm very prone to get, you know, uh, passionate, we'll call it passionate about, uh, <laughs> situations that happen between me and my wonderful, suitable helpmate, mm-hmm. um, before I come into work and stuff like that happens, you know, but yep. when you come to work, you come to work, you know, and like a vice versa when i go home i leave work at work at work and home at home you there know? you so go it's just it's, it's wonderful i get to come before the guys and you know that sometimes i give me the kick of the butt you know yeah. sometimes i need it you yeah. know but it, it's also it's it's in a loving manner and it's it's like a brother it's like mm. a brother should you know or like a father like a father should you know so yeah that's mm. great mm. great stuff 
Well, and for me, like uh, how Vince was saying, is if you don't have a brother that can lift you up, then who do you have, really? I mean, and where our job is, is like the first thing we put is, is God into it. Mm-hmm. God is always there at our job. And uh, so that's the first and foremost thing about it. But then, I mean, I watch all these guys coming through brand new. I mean, mm-hmm. we just got a new one a couple of weeks ago. You know what I mean? And these guys Saul. are coming... These guys are coming from a very extensive uh, rehabilitation, you know, mm-hmm. through through drugs and alcohol rehab, you know, and they're coming out just not knowing how the world is going to be anymore because right. they're sober and they're right. living sober now. And so, I mean, that's one thing that we've got to bring into other, them also is that we're sober mm-hmm. and we went through this. Right. And, Man. You know, and so, I mean, that's one of the things. But watching them grow, like, yeah. I mean, all... all five of us there's five of us that have gone through the wheeler mission and you know and just watching how god is working in their lives and our lives and my life you know i mean and not just not just through the rehab but through these guys also you know i mean just uh it's amazing god is good (laughs) well we all know the gospels and how jesus even before he preached to the multitudes he fed them Mm -hmm. and Sometimes before you can meet deeper spiritual needs, you have to meet the most practical, earthy needs. Uh, obviously, food is the main one. Mm-hmm. But for these men that we work with, they need work. Mm-hmm. They were designed to work. Uh, I don't believe in the, this is personally, I don't believe in the dualism of sacreds over here and seculars over here, and mm-hmm. they have very little to do with each other. You know, God came to dwell with man, with the human the humanity of man and our humanness uh, dictates that we've got to work we've got to provide for our own and that's how and we're trying to do that for these men and once we get them uh, in a safe and productive environment Mm -hmm. called a workplace and some of their basic needs are being provided then we have access into their their deeper life their their spiritual needs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that's what and that really is what delights Dave Palmer's heart and mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what keeps us going. We we want to rebuild lives, but we wouldn't have this opportunity into Vince and mm-hmm. Jesse's life if we weren't in this little building making furniture. Yeah. So, and that matters. That, so, that, yeah. Actually, one of the things that we uh, talked about in the first hour was the ideal and the real. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the ideals of Scripture. They're pretty clear, and the standards that God has established, he never changes those standards, but he always lowers himself. Yeah. And the concept behind that, of course, is the person and work of Jesus. So do we have to do the, deal with the realities of what i got to come out of the home with You know, when absolutely. I go into work? Sure, absolutely. absolutely. But the ideal's still there. Right. And it's so nice to hear that you all have each other in yeah. terms of accountability and sustainability yeah. that way. That's really yeah. great. Well, let me ask a different kind of question. Um, When you talk about uh, all of the different kind of guys that are coming into uh, your workplace, and you just mentioned that you're getting a new new guy in here that just recently, Mm -hmm. what kind of difficulties do men encounter uh, that bring them to purposeful design? Uh, Kind of tell us a little bit about the backgrounds of some of the folks. I know uh, Jesse and Vince, you mentioned yours, but what are some of the issues that that guys are dealing with coming into purposeful design? Well, uh, I've gotten in close to with almost everybody there, and I mean, and it's all drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and you talk about what is it? Heroin, alcohol, 
marijuana marijuana is just the gateway drug they claim yeah. but i mean it's all drugs and alcohol i mean you name it it's there and mm-hmm. it's gone through there and, okay i mean and it's not at work anymore and it's mm-hmm. and it will not be accepted right and yeah <laughs> but that's what's brought guys to this particular place yeah yes. and also uh just a lifestyle of failed relationships you know it's it's like 90 percent of the guys in there have had uh, uh you know a bad relationship including me with their father figure you know ah. so um we're, we're coming into this new lifestyle and still uh, desperately missing and needing uh that that father figure to help mold and shape us ultimately into who god calls us to be but it's, it's because of those type of relationships that starts to downroll spiral into any addiction or any bad habit you know not only that but you know a lot of the women that we've had and put in our life you know they weren't necessarily godly women i, I thank my mother I, god bless her and uh, she's done the best that she could in in the, in the direction but you know as far as me finding a wife you know i had to go through and learn you know some things the hard way um i'm appreciative of that but at the same time it's some things that um, it's some, it's some, it's some security. It's some, it's some things, uh, some blessings that I could have had kept for my wife that I didn't because I searched for what I wanted instead of mm-hmm. what I needed uh, mm-hmm. before my marriage. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love my wife. Yeah, that's good. Uh, this idea of father-son relationships—that yeah. we've actually had a whole show on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, the the concept of the connection there is just huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But go ahead, Dan. Yeah, and. Some of these uh, addictions, these bad habits that some of these guys uh, have been in and they're trying to come out, you know, bad habits beget other bad habits, Mm -hmm. but good habits beget good habits. And that's part of what we're trying to do is not just uh, say, yeah, uh, read read the scriptures, Mm -hmm. you know, have uh, quality, godly relationships in your life Mm -hmm. and don't do drugs no more, but also... Uh, a lot of smaller disciplines that all uh, in incremental ways build mm-hmm. strength. For instance, being on time, that's one that's uh, important mm-hmm. in our workplace. Promptness, promptness, excuse me. Honesty, mm-hmm. my goodness. If you learn to be honest mm-hmm. and not cover up uh, what just happened mm-hmm. with a lie, you, you start developing a new mindset. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. part of what Jesus calls us to do is renew our minds and a lot of these guys and of course it's common to all humanity Mm -hmm. but some of these guys have indulged in some of those bad habits and bad disciplines that they've got a lot of renewing of their mind to do and and we and that's what keeps us going it's so exciting to see guys like jesse and vince um i can only imagine (laughs) what they were like you know 10 years ago and five Mm -hmm. years ago but to come in and work with them and see the the encouragement and the mm-hmm. the, the the strength in their growth and in their uh, inner man, it's mm-hmm. exciting. That's great. These are uh, you know tremendous and powerful testimonies, and I think anybody listening to this uh, coming out of the church says, you know, how can I uh, be invested, involved in this? And once again, mm-hmm. I would I would focus uh, folks toward uh, the website pdindy.org. Uh, This is a really important uh, ministry and an important uh, group that needs to to be emphasized. Uh, Let me restate that. That's Mm -hmm. uh, pdindy.com, pdindy.com. Well, let me come back to uh, some questions again. Uh, One of the key attributes of purposeful design is this positive, encouraging mentorship. Mm -hmm. Um, And you 
you know, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but how does that take place? How does that happen in the workplace, mentorship? Well, um, it, for me, it starts with uh, an understanding of uh, who is my authority and what do I need to do because of that. So I've just been learning recently that in order for me to get to wherever I want to be at in life or wherever I feel like is best for me or what have you, is I need to start with knowing that, you know, number one, my life is not my own anymore. So mm. I've given my life to Christ. So if in order for me to show that, I need to be obedient. How do you be obedient? You have to submit. So when I come in the doors, I have to submit to the higher authorities, whether it be Dan Mage, Justin Christian, um, David Palmer, um, you know, um, someone that's, you know, someone that's above me. I need to I need to make sure that I'm doing to the best of my abilities that um, I'm making them uh, happy and confident in the work that I do because I'm sitting there and I'm listening. You know, I don't have all the answers and I need to start with that attitude, you know, just uh, witnessing that, you know, I submit to you. I'm here to do whatever it is you need me to do, not for a check, but like I said earlier, we serve a greater God and, you know, we're servant. We're called to be servant leaders. So in, even in leadership, we're still called to serve one another. Um, so the biggest aspect that I've been learning, you know, is just submission, you know, mm. let 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 my ideals or let my thoughts or let my processes down to get better, not to stop or not to hold them up, but to get better, you know, because I don't have all the answers. Mm. That's so, really yeah. a powerful testimony when you stop to consider that so many people today just want to jettison any kind yeah. of commitment to authority. Yeah. So, uh, Jesse, how about you from your vantage point? Well, what do you see? From my vantage point, when I first started, all I knew how to do was read a tape measure. I did not. I've not. I never built anything in my life. I never swung a hammer, ran a drill. I mean, I did play with toys, with tools when I was a kid, but I never built anything. And uh, through Dan and Andrew, they taught me, and Justin as well. Dan, Andrew, and Justin, the three of them, showed me the ropes pretty much of yeah. what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and what I'm doing wrong, so I can perfect it and mm. make it better. Mm. And uh, and uh, just. And I had some flaws. I did, mm -hmm. but at the, and I still do. But at the same time, I mean, it's we all coincide together to make sure that yeah. the product is made and that it is beautiful yeah. and that it happens. And uh, like I said, mentorship. On now, I'm training. I've Good trained. I've now. trained two other, three other people, pretty much how to do. I'm not going to say how to do their jobs, but how to do what I do. Sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the process of those three guys, I mean, we're watching. We're moving furniture mm -hmm. out of that building right now like mm -hmm. constantly that spray room is full and, yeah tell uh, me about it yeah. <laughs> one of the things that i've observed um and i'm the oldest guy of the whole bunch i'm the oldest guy in the shop um, papa dan yeah that's, <laughs> I, I deserve that title i guess but is that in life uh we're always to be following someone submitted mm -hmm. to someone that's ahead of us uh of course Growing up in the home, that's your dad, that's your mom. But as you get out in the workplace, there's always someone that knows more than you mm -hmm. and that you should be learning from. And, and that's we submit to them and, and learn from them. But at the same time, one thing I've observed in, in children, and I've raised six children. My wife and I raised six children. Mm -hmm. And I've observed it in the firehouse. I spent 24 years as a professional firefighter in Pike Township, Marion County and I see it here again at PD, is if a man is trying to grow, mm -hmm. he has to start leading others. Mm -hmm. So we are always in the middle 
of submitting to someone above us, mm-hmm. uh, being mentored by them. At the same time, we should reach down and, and be bringing along someone yeah. that needs our influence. And and that's what we require of these guys, and, and Jesse mm-hmm. has done well. Uh, he's come so far in a year and a half, and he's training guys. When we get new guys in who have never milled wood and did a glue up on a large table, Jesse's the best instructor out there because mm-hmm. he's so detailed and he ex- mm-hmm. he's articulate. So, And that has made Jesse strong to realize, you know what? Mm-hmm. Guys that know nothing are looking to him. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's, I, I think that's God's design yeah. for the community and relationships is you're always following, but you're always leading at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. yeah, you've got to have both. I, it strikes me as kind of disingenuous when people talk about leadership when they don't talk in the same time about followership and we really don't emphasize that too much you know but uh, i think we should and maybe uh yes maybe what comes out of some of this will be you know you'll you guys will start a course on followership Mm -hmm. maybe that'll be kind of a cool thing that that happens there i I already do have a, a presentation that i did in the fire service when i after i retired i spent three years serving as a chaplain mm-hmm. for uh, the department I served and I did a presentation called Working Together mm-hmm. and in that presentation uh, Mark I featured the importance of following there you go mm-hmm. and how a follower has to be submitted to the mission and mm-hmm. to the leaders uh, and and we, we we hear a lot about leadership and leadership yeah. is critical but uh, none of us are really trained to follow well. Yeah, exactly yeah. So, right. Yeah, take that and run with it. Right on, yeah. man. That's great stuff. This is important. This is a great discussion to to really emphasize this. I, I did want to jump into this uh, particular question, and you guys can take it where you would like. You guys make furniture, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to know about, and I think everybody else would like to know, who buys the furniture, and then specifically if, if one of you would, or maybe all of you, want to talk about David Palmer's role uh, in purposeful design. So tell us about who buys the furniture and then what what is David's role? I'll let you tell about David's role. Okay. Well, David is the uh, founder and currently the still directing this thing. God put this on his heart uh, three and a half years ago. He got together with some of his friends and uh, his church community, uh, friends that he relates to, and they felt like this was worth pursuing. And he started, I came on board as soon as we had something to build, I was involved. And it's not been easy. I think the the most difficult place for him at times, and he's doing a fantastic job. Absolutely. I wish all of you could meet the man. He mm-hmm. really is a, uh, a special uh, servant. Mm-hmm. But he's... he's uh, He's handling two very difficult concepts at the same time. Mm-hmm. Running a business, and a businessman knows there's there's a protocol to what you got to do to make a business successful. We're trying to be a successful business. But at the same time, he's running a ministry. Mm-hmm. This, this has those two aspects in play at the same time. Because in ministry, you show a lot of grace. Uh, mm-hmm. Numbers and success isn't important. It's, it's how this each individual is doing how do you do those both at the same time and david palmer has is handling both those extremely well mm-hmm. and he would admit that it's been he's made some f- uh, f- failures uh, 
uh, don't we all? Mm-hmm. But I uh, tip my hat to the man who has worked so diligently at doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's a wonderful man. He serves as a, mm-hmm. uh, an elder at our, our church that we go. I go to the same church uh, community that he does. Uh, so great man great excellent so um, we we have two representatives in our marketing department and that's uh, Margaret Carter and Kelly Donaldson and I tell you what these these ladies um, Margaret herself could sell water to a fish (laughs) she's just awesome at what she does she's relatable Um, she's just a real person she's a real human being she has her flaws but she knows what she needs to do and she has such an integrity um, and she, she gives you, uh, she builds a confidence in you about the, the furniture that you didn't really even realize that was there. And I'm saying this as, you know, a guy that works there. Um, but she's primarily uh, responsible. Margaret Carter is primarily responsible for our marketing. Um, we don't have, um, like, a place where we do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, in-shop uh, sales and things like that. A lot of our sales are through online. Mm-hmm. A lot of our clients come into the shop. They get a feel for it. They understand what the bigger picture is, what's going on, and what they really want. And then uh, it's up to them to either get the product delivered to them or they can come to the shop and pick it up. Um, I'll just speak on the residential clients. So uh, most most oftentimes we uh, we'll go ahead and deliver what what that um, you know, uh, product is. Uh, most of the time it's uh, dining tables. They might have a bench set. Um, we try our best to match um, everything that they are wanting or they are looking for, what the overall goal is. Mm. Margaret Carter is flexible. She works with clients. Um, her assistant, Kelly, she's also great and uh, workable. Um, and uh, it's just a great relationship those two have. Um, and they conduct, um, they basically are a sp- spokesperson for purposeful design. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, residential. We've we've serviced a lot of people. Um, they love our product. They come in and give praise to our product. And it's just by word of mouth where we get a lot of our residential clients. They come in and check out the website, or you know they've heard some things or they saw an ad. Um, don't really do a lot of primary adding or anything commercials and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, word thank of, you for having us on the show. Yeah, word of mouth. <laughs> this is this yeah. is it right here, right? We're word big of time mouth. Now. Jesse, how about you? Well, I mean, as he was mentioning, just the res. I mean, we do residential businesses, uh, big businesses. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got uh, three floors on the Salesforce Tower that mm-hmm. we've done. Uh, that yeah. and we've got another floor coming in ne- next year. We've got another mm-hmm. floor coming. Uh, we do a lot of work for Eli Lilly. Uh, then, like I said, word of mouth is how it's spread, though, because mm-hmm. I mean, these people that have these houses that are getting whatever they want, they've mm-hmm. got these neighbors that come in and look at it. And they say, "Where did you get that? Who did it for you?" Mm-hmm. And then they call up and want to come in and, and have just a, a little tour of the place, even mm-hmm. you sure. know, and just see what's going on. And yeah. that's we get a lot of tours coming through, yeah. okay. and a lot of people that are just interested in the business itself and how mm-hmm. to, how they could even volunteer some time. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you know, I mean. It, we do have we've got a lot of help oh that's and, great uh, i it's just it's an amazing job and it's different that it's a different job than i've mm-hmm. ever had in my life and so mm-hmm. i would love uh, to to come for the tour just to smell wood again i mean there's oh, yeah, there's man. something about right the there. smell of wood seriously yeah, man. i mean this is really uh really important and by the way just a comment about margaret um 
Margaret, uh, I need you to help sell uh, the nonprofit Cominius Institute. So maybe I'll come down. We'll have a talk about how you can raise funds for the nonprofit Cominius Institute. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that a little bit further. Uh, maybe uh, when I come down for that tour and smell all of the great wood yeah, that's man, down there. Smell some of that varnish. <laughs> <laughs> the varnish too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, uh, how about the, the uh, purposeful design's role in the city of Indianapolis? Uh, how does purposeful design make Indianapolis a better place? You know, we're doing good in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That's our focus on this particular radio show, finding folks who do that. How does purposeful design make Indianapolis a better place? I think we're part of a larger initiative mm -hmm. on the east side called uh, Brookside Initiative. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was... Uh, uh, has connection to College Park Church uh, mm -hmm. on the north side, and but other churches as well are investing uh, people and burden to make a difference in that area, in the Brookside area. And so we're just one of several ministries down there mm -hmm. that are trying to make a difference in one small piece of Indianapolis. What we are doing, we we hope as God continues to bless, that other people will be inspired to do similar things in other mm -hmm. places. We want to grow. Right now we have eight full-time employees, mm -hmm. and a year from now we could entertain uh, 20 to 30 wow. full-time mm -hmm. employees with wow. our expansion. Some say we could be up to 50. Wow. Mm -hmm. But we, we, we feel like we've got to go into the areas where uh, – it's needed and in terms of providing work opportunity for some of these men mm -hmm. we went right to them we're right on a major bus line some of these guys uh, two of our employees right now don't even have a driver's license mm -hmm. so they have to jesse rides his moped to work mm -hmm. oh, great. and it's not a short jaunt either and we're so proud of him i've seen him do it in snowy mm -hmm. uh bad conditions but he's he's very uh dedicated and determined but we that's why we're down there. We took it to the people that need that help. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. How about you guys? What do you think about making Indianapolis a better place? Well, can I actually speak on uh, some of those ministries and programs? Dan you go right about? ahead. Go, yeah. Okay, so check this out. Uh, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about my, my little testimony, what, what God's intent on my life. So I'm actually a part of, uh, let's say, all of them. Uh, so you have Heart Change, um, which is a program that helps uh, women or single families, uh, women that are without, uh, women that have been dealt, um, you know, a bad hand in life, uh, some could say. Um, and what they do is uh, they minister to these young women. They get them child care. They get them health care. They get them uh, job readiness skills. They help them, uh, you know, get their uh, high school diploma and just different things like that. They're really trying to give these women, young women, a hand up instead of a hand out. And so they, they give them things uh, for their life, to their life that are very applicable. Um, and so my wife uh, took advantage of that program. At the time, she wasn't my wife. But uh, when she graduated, she was given the opportunity to live in Covenant Community, which, a program, which is a program that's cherry-treated off of that. And what, what it is in its entity is trying to influence and um, uh, infiltrate uh, communities by putting Christian families in there. Um, and uh, my, wife, my wife loved the Lord 
way before I loved the Lord. And so uh, when I got hip, I said, I need to go ahead and marry this girl. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when when I made that decision to marry her, um, we, we then were uh, blessed to uh, be be able to live in a covenant community home which is in the brookside area and so then after our marriage um uh we actually both got saved inside of nehemiah bible church and interestingly enough nehemiah bible church started in um what's our location 14 1401 1401 uh east east 16th uh, on gladstone that location is where i started my life in christ and it's the same location where I work at now today. And I used to get discipled by my pastor, Pastor Corey Johnson, in the same uh, uh, in the same area. My booth is the same area where he used to disciple me. So it's a head trip. Sometimes I come in there and I'm feeling good. The Lord's blessing me. I got in my word today. Everything's A1. And other days I'm missing the point. I'm missing the mark. And I go in the booth and I come out and I'm rubbing my head. And the guy's just like, what happened, Vince? And I'm like, man, my the Lord just warmed my whole head up. Y'all, I'm feeling it right now. And I'm like, you know, so, um, yeah, that, and it's just, uh, they had, um, you know, the five pillars. So you got the church community, you got the church, you got the community, you got the businesses. And um, there was another one I'm missing, um, but uh, we can get into that yep. later. So, yeah, I'm actually a part of uh, all of these ministries in some type of way, form, or fashion. And I feel like my, my um, the, the reason why this is purposeful for me to, to do and say the things that I'm doing and saying is ultimately because the Lord needs a witness. He's there you called go. me to be a witness to the community and actually say, you know, the life that you guys are living isn't just the only way. It's not the only thing. You know, I, I grew up without um, really realizing that there was another way in this mm. life. And I'm just trying to take advantage and, and really show that, you know, this is the, 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 the awesomeness of the Lord. And this is what it looks like to be a Christian man. You mm. know, I'm not perfect. He didn't call us to be perfect. He only sent one person to be perfect. Mm. And that's who I serve. So. Well, you, we're going to have to bring a pulpit up in here now here pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesse, you got the last word today. I don't remember the question. The question has to do with how does purposeful design uh, help make Indianapolis a better place? Well, I mean, Purposeful Design is its own business, but then it's also a branch off of, he mentioned, Heart Change. Mm-hmm. And then also the uh, the community that the uh, College Park is working through. Through mm-hmm. the, I mean, they're, they're all intertwined mm-hmm. to help, you know. I mean, Purposeful Design in itself, it's bringing homeless men that don't have a, like, can't even think of a future mm-hmm. giving them jobs to bring out and start them spreading out and giving out the word you know mm-hmm. so i mean that that's just that's what i believe yeah. you know is that it's i mean it's all god first of course mm-hmm. but you know it's uh it's us spreading god mm-hmm. that's you great know, it's us spreading god it's us serving and showing that we're willing and able and no and knowledgeable mm-hmm. you know we know what we're talking about mm-hmm. and, well, gentlemen, we got to land this plane here today, and I'm just thrilled to have had the opportunity to, to spend some time with you all here today. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Thank you. Thank Jesse you so and Dan much. and Vince, for being here on the program with us. Uh, and we're grateful for the good work that you do on the east side uh, through Purposeful Design and all of the great connections that are going on down there. I cannot wait to come down for my own tour. I'll spend mm-hmm. some time with in the prayer group as well. But just smells. being able to smell mm-hmm. wood, yes. man, I'm telling yeah. you, that's just <laughs> going to be a charge. Said. Me. Thank so, you, Dr. Eccles. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. We're really glad that we were uh, able to pull this off and get yeah, you guys you so in much. here. So blessings uh, uh, to you and to this particular uh, great organization, Purposeful no, Design, well. PD Indy. 
www.warpandwoofradio.com. You've been listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. You, we come to you every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon. And next week, next week, we got all the parents, all the grandparents, and all the students going to be listening because we're bringing in five committee of students next week. We're going to have a roundtable discussion about what it was like to be in the Cominius uh, group here this last year at IUPUI. You will not want to miss this next week from 10 until noon. Until then, we'll look forward to the next time. See you then.